on June 5th. If time travel is impossible... Can we go back in time? Yes. It's beautiful. What the hell? Let's swing over to that tree. If dinosaurs are extinct... No immediate danger. I repeat, no immediate danger. Will you stop that? Please. You are freaking me out. How do you explain this? He's incapable of rapid course correction. Land of the Lost. Give me a turn of being wrong. I really do. You like the Jews? You like the Jews? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I like that dinosaur urine flavored juice. Ah, uh, this was, this was bad. <laughs> this was just bad. You know, as I was watching it, it didn't feel as bad as I think it, it's bad. But like it lulls you into a false sense of mediocre security, and I like I didn't realize until after I watched it. I was like, "Oh yeah, that was really fucking bad." I did the exact same thing while I was watching it. I was just like, "All right," like it has like three or four funny moments in it. But then afterwards, I'm walking my dogs, and I'm like, "Wait, what was there? Why was there a fucking villain in this movie when they didn't like do anything with it? Like they had no, they had nothing for this movie, Land of the Lost from 2009. This is just a series of set pieces." There is nothing in this movie. Like, the script to this must have just been like, eh, we'll get Will Ferrell and we'll figure it out on the fucking day. There's moments in this movie, and you may not remember Land of the Lost, the TV show, but, like, they reference the theme song. Oh, yeah. Like, they keep, every time you mention, not just, I mean, at one point they fucking flat out sing the theme song, but, like, every time they mention, like, this was not a routine expedition, or, like, it's just like, they go back to that, like, over and over again. It's like, I feel like the people who made this movie, that's all they knew about it was the theme song. Like, that was the research they did. Oh, yeah, Marshall, Will, and Holly. There's three characters with those names, and they are on a not a routine expedition, and they, they find dinosaurs. That's it. Who, up, in, like, I, up until today, when I watched this movie, I thought... His name was Marshall Willenholly. Because that's the name of his character from Jane Silent Bob Strike. Back. I know, that was a weird coincidence too. But I always thought it, his name was Marshall Willenholly, and that was the theme song. It's like, Marshall Willenholly went on a routine. And then I, his name's Rick Marshall, and I'm like, oh, they changed it for the thing. And then it's like, oh, here's my friend Holly, and here's my friend Will. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm an idiot. Yeah, and for the record, I mean, I'm gonna like point out stuff like in the in the original show they were his kids and not research assistants and an asshole. Right. Uh, <laughs> Wait, the, but, the original Sid and Marty Croft show didn't have a a guy who was just like me too and all over the place. <laughs> but no, but I just want to point out I have no like fealty to the original show. I I I barely watched it. I think they reran it on like Nickelodeon when I was a kid. I watched the '90s remake, the one with Timothy Bottoms, uh, a little bit. But other than that, I, I have no like like love for this franchise or anything. So it's not like because I, I think there are I'm sure there are a lot of differences, and I'm sure a lot a lot of the original people hate it like as always. But like I'm not be like oh they ruined my childhood, they ruined Land of the Lost. No, I don't give a fuck. Well, did you read the IMDb trivia? Yes, but I forget it all like all completely. Well, one of the guys who was in the original cast specifically turned this movie down because he was not big on dinosaur urine jokes, which. That is such a big part of why I hated this movie. It's one scene, but I actually texted you like I'm watching fucking Will Ferrell douse himself in urine. And just because it's so like emblematic and like metaphorical, like, like, like that is this movie in a nutshell. I feel like this movie peed on me. It's like the first scene in Grown Ups 2. Just like, ah, oh, just pee in my fucking face, dinosaur. Yeah, it's, it's not, uh, is not good at all. Um, but the first scene of this movie did have me hopeful because, well, I mean, not now, but I thought the Matt Lauer scene was funny. 
Well, that's who you were talking about as far as the guy that's me tooing all over the place, right? right. Well, no, I was talking about Danny <laughs> McBride. Like, almost every other line of Danny McBride is like, hey, let me see your no. titties. Um, but yeah, 2020 in, in hindsight, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's kind of weird seeing Matt Lauer at the beginning of a film. Uh, but I did enjoy well, that scene uh, in the same way I enjoyed the same scene from Pootie Tang. Oh, that's right. There was oh, Jesus Christ. I when we find like similarities in these movies that we watch, and it's never like anything like interesting. It's always just like I saw another raccoon peeing a guy's face, or no, a skunk. And now, yeah, it's just and now it's Matt Lauer. Uh, not I was gonna say convicted rapist. I guess he wasn't convicted of anything, but he did have a button in his room that he locked women in. Uh, but no, uh, did you notice there's also a Jared Fogel reference pre? Pedophile Jared Oh, Fogel. no, I missed that. They got two for two on terrible human beings. Yeah, because at one point he's talking about, like, he goes on this fast food binge and he says he ended up at Subway uh, screaming at a cardboard cutout of Jared. And I was like, oh, shit, when did they catch Jared? And I guess this was 2009, that was 2015. Yeah, a lot, a lot of accidental uh, reasons why this movie probably isn't shown on cable anymore. But just the fact that it's 10, this is 10 years old. This movie is over a decade old. Yeah, that's crazy to me. It's crazy. Um, but speaking of coincidences to other movies, uh, after the Matt Lauer scene, it opens with Will Ferrell giving like a uh, very detailed scientific uh, presentation, and I could smell the gag coming of they were going to pan out and he was going to be talking to children, you know, who would have no, you know, basis for what he was talking about. And we saw that joke in Showtime, starring Eddie Murphy and Robert De Niro. You know, and it's like, yeah, we could. I don't know. I feel like. Are we are we creating the fucking Saturday Night Drive cinematic universe now? Is that is that what we're doing? Well, I guess just with terrible cliched gags that we see in a lot of comedies, because this is also the second movie where one of our characters was pooped out by a monster. If you listen to our Space Chimps podcast, I was waiting for Danny McBride to go like, "Quick, we got to get into the cave because the mafia is after me." <laughs> Yeah, this whole movie, because the first scene reminded me of Booty Tang, and then the second scene reminded me of Showtime, and I was like, is this movie just fucking fucking with me? Like, it's just going to be a bunch of scenes that I've seen in other movies. And, but we're getting into a scene right now where, like, yeah, he's in the, the thing, and the, the woman comes, Holly comes and says, like, oh, I've, your research is true, and here's the proof. And she hands him a fossil with a, a, a perfect indentation of a, a lighter. And then he takes out the same lighter with the same stuff in the front of it and puts it in there and it fits. And I thought that was going to be like foreshadowing of like time travel. Like that was his lighter and it was going to be time travel shenanigans. And then that doesn't come back ever. Well, just briefly, at the very end, you see the dinosaur step on his lighter and make the impression. So so then... And that's Oh, it. I must have missed that then. So the, is the implication then that this is, they went back in time? That's what I was curious about because I thought they were on like another universe. Yeah, I thought it was like a, a parallel world where like all the shit that gets lost in our world ends up there. Yeah. Like dinosaurs are extinct here, so they are there, you know, stuff like that. But it must be on our same timeline because, yeah, he, he sees that impression of his lighter in the, uh, in the fossil at the beginning. And then at the very end, he drops his lighter and the T-Rex steps on it, making that impression. So it was like a setup for nothing because then, like, you see that at the end and you're like, oh, oh, so this is uh, the past. And uh, I guess he left the lighter there and that's why it's here in the present. Um well, I could give a rat's ass about that. Well, who the fuck cares? I hate this well, movie. A better movie would have been, like, in the third act, he realizes that, like, everything around him 
he's seen before because he's seen the evidence of it as like throughout the movie, like, Oh, this is a, a, a fucking temporal cycle. You know, we're, we're in the past when I thought we were in another dimension. So the things that I do will affect my future, which is also my past and help me out of the situation. Like they, they play with that time travel in a way that, you know, adds to the plot. But no, because what the fuck do we need that for when we have dinosaur pee and Danny McBride being an asshole and nothing and nothing else and yeah, dinosaur that's, poop? That's all we need. Yeah, to explain the plot of Land of the Lost. Um, so uh, you know, Will Ferrell is a thinks he has a, a proof of time travel. He meets a girl who believes in his theories. They end up with Danny McBride and they end up in this Land of the Lost. Uh, and then they lose the thing that brought them there that is the only thing to get them home. So basically the whole movie is them just trying to, to find this thing. And then they find it. And then also, there's like an evil galactic empire or subplot that like, who gives a fuck about? Well, yeah, and it's and again, it's stuff that's set up that I can totally see a better movie doing something with it. It's that kind of, you know, world building, or at least aborted world building. Where, yeah, you have, like, this, like, maybe, I think in the original, like, that character that turns out to be the bad guy is part of, like, an ancient race, and the Slee Stacks are, like, the like the evolution of them. Like, he's from further in the past, and that's what his race evolved into, and he controls them. I think that's that was from the original show. And I guess that's sort of, like, what's in the movie by the end, but it, not, none of it matters. But, like, I get you could have done that in such a way where, it like, actually... Like, like they brought in Leonard Nimoy to voice a character for, like, two lines. Like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck are you people doing? Yeah, for, for some reason this movie is just, like, uh, Captain Marvel in the middle where uh, Will Ferrell meets a, a slea stack in prison and he's like, Oh, I'm gonna help you. Uh, but then he sees another... They find out another slea stack is like, Oh, no, that's the evil guy. He was trying to use you to find the thing to get... Uh, to take over your planet. And it all adds up to damn nothing. It seems like it's only in there because if you know anything about Land of the Lost, you know the theme song and you kind of know what slea stacks are. And they're like, all right, check, check. We got those in the movie. Let's figure everything else out, I guess. Yeah. Get a jug of dinosaur urine and pour that shit on you, Will Ferrell. And from what I remember of Land of the Lost, again, my, my experience is mostly with the 90s series, it was not, I mean, I'm sure it had comedic elements, but it was like a, a rousing fantasy adventure show. And I feel like, like, who, what would, the, who would this appeal to? Because the original fans clearly would not like this. I mean, because it's like a parody of the original, I guess, right? Uh, yeah. Well, and this was also the era where, I mean, we already watched The Dukes of Hazard, uh, and, you know, Starsky and Hutch and all, it's like this from two, the, all the 2000s was just like remaking old TV shows, putting comedians in them, and then trying to make them like kind of funny and hip. But no one liked any of them because the fans of the original material couldn't give a fuck. And new people are going to be like, what the f- I don't know what Land of the Lost is. You're going after my demographic with a sh- something I've never fucking heard of. See, well, I think because the first big one that was like that exploded was the Brady Bunch movie, and I, I think we've probably had this exact same conversation on the Dukes of Hazzard episodes, on the on the Bewitched episode. Every time we watch one of these fucking pieces of shit, it's the same question: Who would this appeal to? Why did they make this? And I think the answer is the Brady Bunch movie was like meta deconstruction of the original, and it was a parody, and it was making fun of it. But that one worked because I don't think anybody really gives a fuck about the original Brady Bunch. It was always kind of lame and kitsch. And so it was like, 
you know, it doesn't matter that you make fun of it. That's really all you can do with it. You can't, like, play it straight and make Brady Bunch the way it was because nobody cares. Whereas, I feel like there are... It would be legitimate if you said to me, like, yeah, I loved Land of the Lost when I was a kid and I really want a, a serious or at least, you know, tonally consistent version of it on screen. Like, that makes sense. And this doesn't. This doesn't make sense why anybody would fucking want There's this. I could say. No, it's all right. Marshall, Will and Holly on a routine expedition met the greatest earthquake ever known. That's all I got. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, apology accepted, dude. That's... Thanks. You guys are being so generous. Really appreciate it. I think the healing has begun. Met the greatest earthquake ever known. You could do the opposite of this. If it was a cheesy... Like like the, the more recent Power Rangers movie, which I loved, and I think you even kind of enjoyed for the most part, it take, took a, God, took a you show... Keep, you keep saying that. Didn't you? Did you not like that movie? Uh, you know, you just always defend that movie like it's like... Because it uh, was great. Like I was no. walking out of the theater going, hooray! No, I, I was... think you were like coming in your pants. You were like, this was my favorite movie ever. <laughs> but no, I mean, what, I'm, what I'm saying I bought is... I bought a, a Zord uh, the next day and... I was morphing all over the place. No, it I was it like, was pleasantly surprising that. It but was what I'm decent. saying is the reason that worked is because the original is cheesy, so it doesn't matter. So you can take it seriously, and that actually makes it interesting in a way that this, of like not taking something seriously when it should have been, doesn't make any sense. I feel like that makes sense to like, you know, just really dive deep into the mythology of it. Whereas this, it I'm sure there is really cool, interesting mythology to the Land of the Lost World that we got none of because they had to make fucking poop jokes and shit. And so I didn't miss anything. They never really explain where they are, do they? No, well, there's so much shit. Like, how does the woman talk to the ape? How does she like, know his language? Did they I say think, that? I think it's her... Chaka's language is similar to some other primate language that she studied or something. Did they say that, though? Because I feel like she just starts speaking his language and they never explain how. I think she said something along those lines. But maybe I just... Maybe I imagined that was there because I wanted the movie to make a little sense. I mean, to be fair, you mentioned nothing but set pieces. By the halfway point, I was kind of checked out of this. I was, I mean... I was like, I was reading the IMDb and other stuff to the point where I was kind of ignoring the the, the movie itself. I did the same thing. I I will uh, freely admit that during the part where like the dinosaurs are eating this like random ice cream truck, I was like, "Ew, I should clean out that cat litter box." <laughs> and so I was scooping out some cat shit while I just hear Will Ferrell screaming from the other room, and I'm like, "I'm sure I'm not missing anything." Back to poop scooping. So what was more entertaining, scooping up your own cat's poop or Land of the Lost? I mean, I feel like I accomplished something after I cleaned the cat shit. But yeah, and especially because like, there's dinosaurs all over this fucking movie, and I love dinosaurs. Speaking of Power Rangers, it has fucking dinosaurs in it. But I, I love, as, as a, a, a sci-fi fantasy thing, I love dinosaurs in a movie with people running away. Jurassic Park, great movie. And... and Never has a movie been so boring with fucking dinosaurs in it. Well, I will they add nothing to it. I will say the dinosaur was the MVP of the movie for me. Uh, a lot of those scenes I did kind of like perk up a little bit for. Like I started paying attention to the movie when the dinosaur was on. Well, I, I do like the idea of the, the dinosaurs, the implication that they're like super intelligent. Like they could have done yeah. something with that, like a civilization of super intelligent dinosaurs. 
you know, I, I anything again, every, every, at every turn, it's like, you know, Oh, here's an interesting idea. What about these like weird Bigfoot people? And, you know, is that the source of our Bigfoot legend? You can play around with that, but then nothing. Nope. He's just Chaka. He's just kind of another asshole. Cause this movie is filled with nothing but assholes. Yeah. I, I, I hated this movie. <laughs> And just and just specifically that they're assholes like Will Ferrell. I guess Holly isn't, but Will Ferrell, Danny McBride. The, the, I'm supposed to like these characters, and they're so unlikable. Yeah, uh, even the girl. I mean, I, I like. I guess she's supposed to be the uh, the level-headed one. But then in the beginning of the movie, Will Ferrell's listening to a chorus line, and she's like, "That's pretty gay." And I'm like, Ugh. "I'm like, come on." I wanted to bring that up because that's a that's a fucking running joke. How gay Will Ferrell is because he likes show tunes. Fuck you, movie. I mean, that's... I don't... We're 20 minutes into this podcast. Do you have anything else to talk about? Did you see the mid-credit sequence? Oh, no, I turned this the fuck off. Well, yeah, I saw the end sequence, which I did actually kind of like the the return of Matt Lauer at the end. Yeah, the the same joke from Pootie Tang? Yeah, I like that too. Wait, did they do that same joke with the book? Like, was there a book title that was... Oh, no. But uh, Pootie Tang was bookended with Bob Costas. This one's bookended by Matt Lauer. And I never thought I'd say this, but Pootie Tang did it better. See, but no, I particularly like the joke where his sec- his new book is called Matt Lauer Can Suck It. I laughed at that. Yeah. But no, that was okay. funny. I, <laughs> and again, weirdly, just like Pootie Tang, the newscaster who's not a professional comedian... <laughs> Provided the only laughs for me. Like, I didn't laugh at anything Will Ferrell did. I surely didn't laugh at anything Danny McBride did. But Matt Lauer, (laughs) he provided the chuckles. This is Today with Matt Lauer. You're supposed to say the title in the publisher. That's not going to happen. Just say it. No, just say the damn title. Fine. Matt Lauer can suck it by Dr. Rick Marshall. I, I was so surprised that your attorney signed off on that. I was like, are you sure? Is this going to be okay? He said, yeah, go for it. Son of a bitch. Ow, you, you puss! Well, what was the mid-credit sequence then? I, yeah, I turned this off. Oh, uh, so uh, at that uh, end scene, Will Ferrell presents Matt Lauer with a uh, dinosaur egg. And then uh, at, after the credits, they're sweeping up the Today Show set. And someone's like, hey, could someone tell Matt Lauer he forgot this egg? And then they leave the egg on the on the desk, and a slee stack comes out of the egg. So it's the ending from another movie we watched, Godzilla. <laughs> that way, I just—that's the ending of Godzilla. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> this movie is literally just built up of Saturday Night Live, giant movie cliches. <laughs> yeah, but like, that, like, because there wasn't a joke. Like, I thought the joke was going to be because we never get any closure from Danny McBride's character. Um, he decides to stay in the land of the lost at the end. Well, he gets to fuck all those ladies, Chaka. all those cave ladies. Yeah, and he's going. He's fucking Chaka's tribe. So at the end of the credits, when I saw the egg starting to hatch, I was like, "Oh, like a Danny, a lizard with a Danny McBride head's gonna pop out of there." And that, like, like I thought that was gonna be the joke. Like Danny McBride fucked up our whole ecosystem because he was just like fucking everything in the land of the lost. And then that's in the past, and now we have Danny McBride heads on lizards. Um, but no, it's just a slee stack. Like, it's setting up a fucking sequel. <laughs> well, okay, let's go to, speaking of lizard fucking, the sequence where he, they watched the two slee stacks fuck, did they shed their skin because they fucked? Or are they wearing lizard suits and they were taking them off to fuck? Or did they kill each other and rip their skins off during sex? Is that, what was the implication there? 
I don't know. <laughs> I thought that maybe Slee Stacks just shed when they fuck. And, like, they go and they shed their skin and then, like, their exposed genitals are under their shed skin, maybe. But I feel like there are so many possible explanations for that and so many questions that I feel like they needed to be more explicit as to the nature of Slee Stack fucking. If that's how you're going to set up how they get the suits to sneak into the Slee Stack death, death ceremony or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, and, and what makes even less sense is that they watch two Slee Stacks fuck. The C- the Slee Stacks shed their skin. Oh, say that three times fast. Um, and then they put on the shedded skin, and it looks like they're in, like, rubber Slee Stack suits. Like, it looks like they're in the suits from the old Land of the Lost uh, TV show with the puppet uh, heads and shit. But that that's, like, that's skin. <laughs> yeah, well, and... But they're treating it like it's a fucking, like, costume with a zipper on the back. And they're like, all right, let's get these skins on us. Zip! All right. No one will know we're walking in someone else's skin. What What are the Slee Stacks? I mean, other than being, like, lizard monsters. Because, like, they they sneak into the Slee Stack thing at the end. And they're talking to, I guess their elders are, like, these weird, like, living skull things. And they're punishing Holly because they think she's in league with Enoch, who she knows is a villain, finds out too late. They don't know that he's a villain yet, so they, but so the Slee Stacks are against Enoch, but then he's also controlling them? Is there like a civil war between the Slee... What is the fuck... I don't understand the villains at all. Yeah, I don't know, and I don't know why they're in here at all. Why did they have that subplot with that evil Slee Stack? Because the whole plot of the movie is they're in the land of the lost they need to get the fuck home but then they have this like little mafia subplot in the middle where they have to solve this little mystery and nobody gives a fuck because it's like total runtime 15 minutes of the movie but yeah i i think maybe the slee stacks just saw will ferrell and company as intruders i don't well first off by the way i love that mafia subplot is now our shorthand for unnecessary narrative element yeah <laughs> But, Just a, a, a little detour where our heroes decide, hey, let's drop this baby that we've been raising and go solve some mob stuff. Narrative thread that could be completely extracted from the plot with no bearing on anything. Uh, but yeah, it's just, I don't, I, anytime you have to question that in this movie, why is this in the movie? The answer is because it was from the show. And I guess at that point they thought people would complain as if they didn't think people would complain about the tone of the movie being what it was. They cared so little about making this movie like the original to the point where it pleased fans, but at every other point they're like, yeah, but we got to include everything from the original show because otherwise they'd be mad. It makes no fucking sense. You could just see Will Ferrell at Comic-Con like, good news, Land of the Lost fans, we're bringing back the Slee Stacks. The original show had like a gallon of dinosaur piss, right? Because we got that, too. There are so many points in this movie where I'm looking at Will Ferrell's face. One moment I pinpointed was when he walks on the screen with the banjo and he's singing the, the theme song. Yeah. There's there's a look in his eye where he knows what he's gotten himself into. Like, he knows, like, this isn't good, guys. We're all here and we've spent millions of dollars. And this we're, let's try to make the best of it. But, uh, but yeah, we, we've landed in a stinker. And it's just, it's weird for me to think, like, the experience of somebody on a movie like this, where it's like, we had all the hope in the world that this was going to be great, and now we're here, and I'm dumping pee on myself. Okay, so, we'll cover our bodies in urine, and they will be virtually undetectable to all dinosaurs. All right, here they come. Should have thought of this a long time ago. 
Ah, that's refreshing. Make sure to ingest some, get that in the bloodstream. Don't do that. Okay, who's next? Really? It's not that bad. Check that. Just starting to burn in my eyes a little bit. Did not plan for that. It gets up in the nostrils too. You do not want that. Wow. That's early morning stuff. Ooh, that is strong. Maybe a second splash. Reduce some of the effects. Yeah, um, well, yeah, yeah, we have gone through uh, everything I wrote down to talk about, uh, except the other IMDb trivia I found was the president of Universal Studios called this a big pile of crap. <laughs> so they knew. I don't know. I do kind of want to talk about, but like the like because all the sequences sort of blend together. But like there was one where they start eating eating this fruit. And then all of a sudden, uh, the monkey's like, "Yeah, that's like out like the hallucinogenic fruit that." And she like she goes into this big thing about what it's supposed to do. Oh my god! Yeah, the drug trip scene. Ugh. But like, they don't even really do anything with that. Like, it just kind of ends with them like palling around and making out at one point. You know what it was uh, reminiscent of? Father of the Year, where Nat Faxon just takes drugs in the middle of the movie for no reason. And there's no consequences. It is. It is very much like that other fucking shitty movie we watched for the podcast. Oh, yeah. This movie was a turd. And I think everybody knew it was a turd. I mean, it it got a lot of Razzie nominations. I didn't think it was going to be this bad. I no. actually had high hopes for it when we were as we were watching it. Um, but I remember... And I think we've talked about this on another podcast, too. How uh, Subway chain restaurants are usually like three months behind on their movie promotion tie-ins. And they always pick the bomb. They always yeah. pick the shitty movie. Uh, I remember it was 2009, and um, I was dating this girl whose parents like hated me. And the brakes blew out in my car, and my girlfriend was like, oh, I'll have my dad help you. And so I'm fixing the brakes on my car with my girlfriend's dad, who just absolutely hates me. And it's like it was like the most uncomfortable like three hours experience Afterwards, I drive to Subway, and I see that they have cups for Land of the Lost. And at this point, Land of the Lost was out of theaters for like two months. And I just remember looking at that Land of the Lost cup and going, this movie's already fucking bombed. (laughs) And that made me laugh. Like, I got a little laugh out of a terrible day just by looking at a cup promoting this piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it's a movie that could have been like... I, I could imagine this movie had been one of those where we're like, yeah, this was an underrated gem, but like it, it's got the ingredients, it's obscure enough where like it bombed so heavily I could feel like maybe there was a reason it, like Jack and Jill, maybe there was a specific reason it bombed that you know everybody is just disregarding how secretly good it is. But no, it bombed for all the right reasons. It sucks. Yeah, no, this was uh, this was terrible. So, and I'm totally cool with this being a short episode of the podcast. I, don't, I mean, well, it, it is a little disappointing because I didn't like this, but I, there's a lot of Sid and Marty Croft, like Electro Woman and Dyna Girl. I'd love to see a movie of that, but we're never, probably not going to get it now because this was a piece of shit. Probably never going to get an H.R. Puffin stuff movie. Oh, no! Or, uh, what, what, what will I do with my children? Or, or the Bugaboo. We're never going to get a Bugaboos movie, George. <laughs> uh, the Banana Splits, was that one of them? Yeah, I believe that was Sid and Marty Croft. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what a... 
What what a weird drugged out two duo of men who just like controlled a generation's childhood. Um, all right, yes. Yeah, so, uh, anything else to talk about? Because I'm totally cool just saying, <laughs> let's move on to next week and forget this ever happened. Uh, nope, no, I think I pretty much have, yeah, nothing else. All right, so pick a number between 23 and 153. Uh, let's go with uh, 78. 78. Which obscure SNL cast member with no movies did I pick just now? Um, he's got a lot of movies, but we've done a lot of movies. Uh, 78 is Michael McKeon. Oh, let's, let's do our due diligence and see if there's anything, but yeah, we might have to roll again. Daryl, Clue, Jumpin' Jack Flash. Michael McKeon is in Light of Day, the Michael J. Fox Joan Jett movie directed by Paul Schrader. What the fuck is that? Uh, I think it's a movie about two, like a brother and sister, and they're like a, a rock duo. Okay, I'm not going to say Clue was going to be great for the podcast, but do you think Light of Day? Oh, Short Circuit 2. <laughs> no, maybe I mean, not. But what about Short Circuit 2? Well, I mean, it's a classic, I guess. <laughs> no, I, sure, what the fuck? I don't care. I mean, I'll watch Short Circuit 2. Short Circuit I believe two. the robot gets a mohawk at some point. He does. All right, next week from 1988. Short Circuit 2. When was the last time you watched the first Short Circuit? Uh, the original. Oh, fuck. I, I, both of these I watched when I was, like, probably uh, in high school. I don't think I've ever seen the original Short Circuit. I know I've seen both of them. Of course, I don't know if there's a Saturday Night Live person in the first one, because I know our, our tradition of watching movies back, series backwards. Yeah, I don't think there's a Saturday Night Live connection to Short Circuit, um, but Michael McKeon is in Short Circuit 2. Also in Short Circuit 2... A jive-talking robot and Fisher Stevens pretending to be an Indian man. Yeah, yeah. All right, fuck it. I guess I guess that's it. And I'll go out on a limb. I I remember really liking Short Circuit 2. I don't think I've ever seen the first one, but Short Circuit 2 was one of those movies I had on VHS as a kid, and I watched a lot. I thought the robot was hilarious. I thought Fisher Stevens was hilarious. I don't think I knew that he was a white man in brown face. I don't think I knew that for years, yeah. Like, it was, yeah. like, way later where I was like, no, oh, wait, no, I, he's just a white guy. It, I don't think it was until, like, if Fisher Stevens, like, directed a documentary about whales that won an Oscar. And I think that was the moment where I was like, wait, he's a white guy? <laughs> oh. I remember bits and pieces. I remember him with the mohawk. And then at the end, I think he becomes gold some for some reason. They rebuild his body in gold. I remember I that. Think, I think he becomes like a human. Like they make him an honorary human. I, wait, wait, like they implant his robot brain on a human body or something? No, they just give him like human status. I think. I oh. think the end of the movie is they're like, okay, Johnny Five, you're now a human. And he's like, hooray. Yay, oh, I wait. can vote. And I'm voting for Trump. <laughs> Fuck. Fucking robot. And he, and he won by one vote and it was that fucking robot. <laughs> Fucking robots. Oh. oh, we knew it. We knew this could come to no good. Alright, so short circuit two next week. Right. Until we see you again. Get, get off, off the shed. shed.